All 225 of them. And uh, it's expansion is the name of the game. In every town, over 400 people will have a major league football team. You agree? That's right. And uh, I think you're going to see football on all the channels. You remember Phyllis McGinley's famous, uh, famous little poem? On all the channels, nothing but panels. Okay. <laughs> who, who made the famous little line about candy? Candy is dandy, but liquor is quicker. Who said that? That was not Phyllis McGinley. No, no. Phyllis McGinley. No, 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 no. Can you imagine Phyllis McGinley meeting Gloria Steinem? That would be some hell of a matchup. Uh, that's our literary remark for tonight. You know, while on the subject of uh, sports, though, my favorite sport to watch is a very esoteric sport, and I cannot understand why I have never once seen it on television. You know, they have this uh, wide, wide world. Are you listening, Rune Arledge? No, you don't listen to anybody. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Anybody that wants his name on the end of everything does not listen. He tells. But uh, if Mr. Arledge is listening out there, for heaven's sakes, Arledge, we've had enough demolition derbies for a while. You know, the wide, wide world of sports, they, have, they always have the grandma derby, the swamp buggy derby. Uh, then they have the derby that uh, shows nothing but guys riding Irish males, all wearing derbies, uh, you know, all those great sporting events. And I would like to suggest just once somebody cover one of my favorite sports to watch. Have you ever seen it? Seriously. I'm being very serious here. <laughs> I really am, friends. Oh, can't be serious when you're smoking a, smoking a balsa wood cigar. That's uh, no good. And you know what I like about the cigar? It's got a whistle built into the end. Yeah, you can blow out on it, and it, it makes a nice whistle. Hail cabs with it. But, uh, <laughs> it's a, it, I'm sorry, you know, it's the way it is. I don't make the news. Do you know that at one time, the Johnson & Johnson, the Johnson & Smith catalog, you know, Johnson & Smith that sell all the whoopee cushions and stuff, they sold a great thing. I, I think it would be handy for many guys today. It's a it's a cigar. It looked exactly like a cigar, or just exactly. It even had a band on it. In fact, the end even looked chewed. And it looked exactly like a cigar, and the end of it had ash on it. It looked exactly like an ash. And you could go around and, you know, chomp on a cigar, and it looked like a real cigar. It even smelled like a cigar, but there was only one thing that made it different from a cigar. One, it was not a cigar, and it was hollow. And it was hollow and was designed to carry bourbon in it. So <laughs> if, you, if you worked at an office where they said the strongest thing you're going to drink during the day, your friend, is out there at that water cooler, well, you could just say, well, you don't mind, boss, if I have a cigar. And he says, no. And then you put your cigar in there, you know, and you start sucking on your cigar, and the next thing you know, you don't care, you know, if you've got a boss or not. And <laughs> did you know that you could get one? like, Yeah, oh, yeah, this invention's man's mind. Capable of inventing anything. Just give him enough time, man. Oh, yeah. Did you know that you can now buy a mechanical, electrically operated, transistorized, life size bull? You can. And you know what they use it for? They use it for guys that want to practice bullfighting but can't afford a bull. I'm telling you. How's that for the mind of man? Working. Working. Always working. Yes, sir. Well, have you ever been in Japan? That doesn't surprise you. In Japan, when you walk into a big department store in Japan, Herb, you are greeted when you come into the store. 
you are personally greeted when you walk into this big store. It may be bigger than Macy's, you know, 45 stories high with 20 million counters, thousands of people going up and down the elevators, and you are greeted. But how you are greeted, I will tell you, there is a mechanical floor walker who stands at the at the door of the store and bows to you and says, Hola, Sarayanara. He's saying, hello, good day. Spend all your money here. Hello. You know, uh, uh, <laughs> Yamilton's department store greets you. And uh, yes, and he is automatic and he works all the time and he wears a suit. And I'm not, you know, that sounds like a joke, but it's true. And he even has a real carnation in his buttonhole. And you can come up and talk to him. Yeah, you say, uh, uh, where's the hardware department? And he turns you say, ah, oh, hardware department, sixth floor, please. It's all transistorized. The magic of electronics. And now let us do, once again, another little, uh, one, two, three, two. Ooh, we have, have we got, no, no, we've done the tasty cake. I don't want to do another one of those. We've sung that cutesy pie little song. Uh, what is this hers thing? Is that in there? You got it? Let's hear it. Shopping for HERS potato chips and snack foods is a family affair because HERS has something for everyone. Potato chips, pretzels, corn chips, everybody finds a favorite. HERS potato chips taste good because they're made the natural way. There's not a single preservative in them. This is the way you'll find them in your store. Country fresh. And HERS are packaged to stay that way when you get them home. HERS, good things from the country. Yeah. They're made the natural way, the way Mother Nature makes her potato chips. Sure, have you ever seen Mother Nature out there in the woods squatting down there eating those potato chips? Stuffing down tasty cake? We have one more, and then we'll let you rest for a while. Uh, yes, uh, Cheers Restaurant. Uh, Cheers Steakhouse, actually. It's a good restaurant. And uh, we'd like to suggest you give it a whirl if you're coming in town to... Look at something in the theater, which is a little hard to believe, considering what's in the theater these days. Oh, yeah, but there's a lot of people like reruns. Have you noticed that, the, that they... Nobody's pointed this out, and I'm, I'm pointing it out now, that the rerun concept, which, of course, we've known about in television for years, in other words, many shows are, are reruns of reruns of reruns. Some shows are now in their 15th, 20th cycle. <laughs> They've been running for so many years now that... Uh, you know, just a reflex action. That is now heavily infecting Broadway. In other words, they call them revivals on Broadway. They're not revivals, it's a rerun. So they even get the same actor. You know, the Carol Channing's playing what the, the you know, it's a, it's a rerun. It's a, a rerun. Uh, wouldn't you, would you like to rerun your life? Maybe they'll come to that, too. You, ever, you know, you can just take any year out of your life and rerun it. And uh, that's what's called uh, nostalgia. <laughs> you know, rerunning 1962, which was a great singing year. Just fantastic. Have you seen the ads around town? Where were you in 62? My answer to that is none of your damn business. I will not, uh, you know, I'll not comment on it. But, oh, yes, you want to talk about the sport, right? Oh, wait, first of all, I have to tell you where Cheers is. Cheers Restaurant is at 120 West 41st Street, which is a fashionable warehouse district in midtown Manhattan. I repeat, it's 120 West 41st Street. Right. Cheers. It's right around the corner here. Mm -hmm. I could say something. I won't. 
Better not. Better not. A prudence is the better part of something, isn't it? Can't recall. No, or is it valor is the best part of uh, something else? I mean, it's all, you know, all this, it gets confusing after a while when you learn too many maxims and too many slogans. And, and working in this business these days, you sure, you can get sloganed all up. Just nothing but slogans coming out of your ears night and day. Uh, but uh, I would like to mention, though, before we run along here, uh, that uh, my favorite sport to watch is a sport that I've only seen a few times that would be a, make a great television show. Polo. Have you ever seen polo? Very few people have actually seen it. If you, you haven't seen it, you have. Well, now I'm going to ask you some questions about that game. You know, almost all games of that type uh, really are basically on the same principle. Uh, there's, uh, well, hockey. you got hockey. You've got uh, soccer. Uh, you've got uh, polo. Can you think of any other game that consists of getting a ball or some kind of ball over a line? And uh, the other people are trying to stop you from doing that, and they're trying to get the ball over the other line. Well, football, classic game. Uh, that many, many games are based on that same principle, getting a ball across a line. Yes, now let's see, there's hockey. Well, you'd have to almost in a way say basketball. That's putting a ball through a net, which is exactly the same thing that hockey is. It's putting a puck through a net, and other guys try to block it. Uh, so uh, many, many games are based on that premise. It's a basic premise. Now, what they do is vary the locomotion quite often. So you'll find in hockey, these guys will skate around. Uh, you know, the idea is to put uh, put put it through the... Uh, Put it through, put it, and incidentally, another thing that makes it fascinating is many of these games are played with some kind of a stick. In short, hockey is played with a stick. The guy is trying to, to hit a ball or a puck. In this case, we call it a puck. He's trying to hit a little object into the net with a stick. Uh, what other sport is that true of? It's the same kind of sport. Lacrosse. Okay. You, have you ever seen lacrosse played? Well, you know they carry this this uh, big uh, kind of a stick. Field hockey, too, shinny as they call it. Uh, these are now polo is a classic example of that. The object of the polo player, of course, is to hit this little ball. It's a, it's a small ball. It's well, it's not too small. The ball is about the size of a uh, a large baseball. It's about like a baseball size, roughly. What's it made out of? We'll give you what's that. Wood, that is correct, Jerry. Very good. Uh, what is the puck made of? Hard rubber, correct. Uh, now, what does he hit it with in in this game of polo? That's correct. They call that the mallet. Now, here's a good question. How many players are on a side in this game? Correct. Very good. Now, I will ask you a really tough one. Uh, every game that is played of this type uh, has very... Uh, the time is important. In other words, uh, this is one of the big things that separates baseball from these other games. That baseball is a much more subtle game than these 
these uh, these games. You, you can go out to a game of football and not knowing anything about football, uh, you can get what football is about, like in three minutes. All you get to do is say, look, those guys in the red uniforms are trying to get that that funny-looking ball. They're trying to get that ball over that goal, and the guys in the green uniforms are trying to stop them. And then they get the ball, and they're trying to take it over the other goal line, okay? That's all you got to know, really. But baseball is a far more complex game, as you probably are aware. And I suspect that's the reason why uh, it is declining in interest to many people, because today we're living in the age of advancing illiteracy in many fields. Ultimately, the uh, great sport in this country will be guys bashing each other with clubs. Uh, and it's a simple thing, you know, the guy that bashes the other guy's head in wins. They'll, they'll call it the, of course, there'll be a big uh, yearly playoff called the Super Bash. It'll be called Super Bash 8. Uh, but the point I'm getting at here is the more subtle the game is, the less it tends to be popular. Baseball is a subtle game. Now, uh, one more question now. All of the games that uh, we're talking about, hockey, there's uh, a good example of that, lacrosse, football, these games are controlled by time. You agree that the, that the periods in hockey are how long? How long? Huh? 20 minutes, correct. And how many are there in the game? There are three. Now, uh, what are the periods? They have that same thing in polo. Now, what are those? How many periods are played in polo? And what are they called? Are they called uh, periods? Now, for example, in, in football, they call them quarters. First quarter, second quarter. Then they'll call it half. There's the first half and the second half. The game is divided into four quarters. What is polo divided into, and what are they called? Are they called quarters? Are they called periods? They have a specific name. If you don't know the name, you're dead, because the name doesn't have... <laughs> it's got a curious sound to it. What are they called? I'll give you a clue. The word begins with C. C. Okay, and there's another interesting thing about this game of polo. The players are individually rated, which is not the same as, say, hockey. In other words, a player will be a 10-goal man. What does that mean? Yes, that's the ultimate player. If, uh, if you're a 10-goal man, what are you? And they'll rate guys like 2-goal, 3-goal men... And uh, who is generally conceded to be, there are several, the, uh, the Mickey Mantle, the Babe Ruth, the Slash uh, Roger Maris of that game of polo. And when did he play and for whom did he play? <laughs> you mean to tell me you've never heard the name Tommy Hitchcock? Okay, Tommy Hitchcock was a very, very famous polo player. Now, what are the... This is, for those of you who don't know anything about this sport, it's a fantastic sport. Uh, there are two sides, of course, and they play it on horses. And uh, the object, of course, is to hit this ball with a mallet 
across a goal, but it is really a wild sport. If you could see, if you could see these guys charging down the field uh, after this ball, which is a very fast-moving and a very hard, mean ball, it's made out of wood. You see these guys charging down on a on a crowd of horses, all jowl to jowl and hock to hock. You can feel the ground thundering under under their hoofs, and they're going full out. You have seen some real action, and and I think it takes more courage to play polo than any any one of twenty five different sports that I can think of. You can see why, and some of the fantastic horsemanship. What kind of horses? Well, of course, that's a question. Uh, polo ponies are specific types of horses, many of them. Now, uh, what member of a royal family is a famous polo player? There's a, fa- a royal family today, and one of the members of that royal family is a famous, good, nationally rated polo player in a nation where they play a lot of polo. Who is that? It's a tough sport. I'm surprised. <laughs> you don't know. All right, now, there you go. See, that, that sport, wouldn't it make a fantastic episode on Wide Wide World of Sports? Do you know that there's a, a national polo league uh, where various cities compete against each other and uh, compete uh, in, uh, in all kinds of uh, conditions, but uh, they, play inter- they play national polo. In fact, I think it's international. That uh, the Dallas has a team... Uh, there, there are about eight or nine teams in that National Polo League. Are you aware of that? What is that league called? I'm surprised. I thought you guys were sportsmen. Oh, this is a great sport. This is one of the few truly international sports. You know, they play this game fanatically all throughout South America. It is played uh, in, in, well, one of the great countries where this sport is played is India. Wherever the British have been, the, the polo is played. Okay, now what are the periods in polo called? Ah, for heaven's sakes, we are chuckers. Chucker. You mean you've never heard of a chucker? <laughs> it's a C-H-U-K-K-E-R, chucker. Yes, indeed. All right, bring it up there. It's a fantastic sport, though. And I might add, uh, one of the most... Uh, what? What do they wear on their head? Right, of course, they wear a helmet. They are totally unpadded, these players. They wear light, jer- light sh- sleeveless like uh, polo shirts. And that's where the term polo shirts comes from. They wear polo shirts. <laughs> and uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sport that requires fantastic courage. Uh, and also a skill in many directions. And one of the great shots is to see a guy come galloping up onto a ball that's rolling fast and do a backhand shot under the neck of his horse, reversing the, uh, the direction of the ball. In other words, if he's playing defense, I've seen that. Boy, that's something to see. Yes, it's almost as exciting as, uh, well, it's a great sport. Sir, this is WOR New York, and you stay tuned for John Wingate. Dr. K, hopeful on oil embargo, but one Arab country is not. Prices coming down on home heating oil. A major supplier tells you why. Are you planning to travel this weekend? Maybe you ought to forget it, says my guest, the man from the auto club. Portrait of people, 
A 17-year-old tells you how he views everything these days, from crime to his future. It's 10 o'clock in New York, and this is John Wingate with the Wingate News Digest. You, your money, medicine, gas and oil, stocks, and one 16-year-old who doesn't want to be a doctor. Mr. Nixon faced his critics in Congress last night, and today they faced him right back. Republican Congressman Hutchinson of Michigan says GOP members of the House Judiciary Committee will fight for House approval of what the committee did today. He's the senior Republican on the committee. The committee voted unanimously, Republicans and Democrats down the line, to call on the House for power to subpoena White House tape recordings and other evidence. Says this is needed for its investigation into possible impeachment of Mr. Nixon. Rheingold and all that beer that was destined for the sewers in the East River. Rheingold now says it's found a buyer for almost 100,000 barrels of beer that would have gone into the sewer. Some of it's already there since Rheingold yesterday began pouring the beer into the sewer. The company's getting ready for the takeover of its plant by PepsiCo, Incorporated. Now the great beer pouring has stopped, but Rheingold doesn't reveal who the buyer is. It was forced to stop, actually, when a union got a show-cause order in Brooklyn Supreme Court. Tomorrow morning at 9.30, Rheingold must show cause why it should not be prevented from shutting down the plant. The union maintains it has the right to proceed with outstanding arbitration against management. The 1,500 workers...